0: Hello, and welcome to the Coach's Corner, brought to you by Endurance Lab, where you can join the coaches live as we recap the week and answer your questions from the forum. My name's Jason Flores, one of your Endurance Lab coaches, and I'm joined by coaches Taya Freestead, Ian Murray, and our nutritional therapist, Andrea Cullen. Good morning, coaches. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Just a reminder, we are live on several different platforms, so this gives you a chance to be part of the show by asking your questions. Uh, So jump on live and be part of the show right now. So let me make sure this is getting out to everybody, but let's just make it around. It looks good so far. All right. So let's just jump straight into our roundtable. Um, today, we're talking about Coach's favorite books. So we went through and we are actually going to go book by book on Andre's bookshelf and we're going to make her get rid of the ones that she's not using. That's what we're doing. We're going to condo her room today.
1: <laughs> yes. She, she needed some help decluttering her office. So yes, we figured but- we'll use this episode to do it. There
0: you go. There you go. Excellent. All right. So um, for, we've, we've all got some favorite books. I put one or two down. Um, Ian did as well. So we'll just go kind of round. Everyone do a book and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take it back around. Sound
1: good? Um, Taya, why don't you get it
0: started, Taya, and then uh, we'll just go uh, clockwise
1: here. Sure. And so we're going to go through uh, some books that we think people might not be aware of or might not know them just because they're not. they might not be your traditional training book. Um, we're not going to cover the uh, basic training books such as you know, Joe Friel's books, et cetera, because those are gonna be um, we'll post those on our website on a uh, a post that we're preparing about training. And so you can refer to that and we post a link in the forum as well. So we're gonna go through some of our favorite books that we think uh, might be worth looking into uh, that might pick our uh, our listeners' interests. So I'll start with the core advantage. Book and this is it's called the core advantage core strength for cycling's winning edge by Tom Danielson. So this is a you think of gosh am I going to read a whole book about (laughs) core exercises? That's insane. We're going to read this like like book about doing crunches. No, please, no, thank you. Uh, But it's not about crunches. It's actually surprisingly enough there are so many exercises that you do that work your core um, that do not involve getting on the floor and doing crunches so many of them there's there's something you can do on the wall there's something you can do standing there's the traditional planks there's etc but the interesting thing about this book is um and i learned from tom that 15 minutes of core before your cycling workout or uh before getting on the run or on the bike, is just makes a huge difference. Um, and so I learned from him to do it and I have completely eliminated back pain from my life. And so I'm a big advocate of core strength. And I like the book because it is dynamic. You feel like you're doing strength workout and not core workout. And to give you an idea, it is tailored for cycling itself and some of the more advanced Uh, exercises there's this one that I like to tell people about the book tells you to go into plank position so you're in plank with your forearms Mm -hmm. forearm plank and you have towels under your forearms and you slide your forearms up and down by 12 inches up and down up and down alternating side to side while holding plank and this is one movement that is extremely helpful for example in sprinting in cycling Make so sense. that's how you see the applicability of those workouts into cycling. So that's that's one of my favorites.
0: Nice, nice.
2: That's like the uh, plank. Like I like doing the plank on the on the board with a little ball on the bottom, and you have to rotate it.
0: I like that. Like the oh, yeah. wheel. Bosu ball. Bosu ball. Yeah, I like that.
2: Yeah, but there's other boards you can get that it's it. So the Bosu ball is big. You can get a little board that's got just a little ball at the bottom, wobble and then board. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. wobble board. Type. Oh yeah, it's awesome.
0: Awesome. That looks good. All right. All right. We'll uh, head over to um, Andrea there in the top right. Uh, what do ah, we got there? Oh, you can go
3: I, have, I can I... go <laughs> down. There's so many. <laughs> I do. I have so many books. And, it, you know, it's a bit like when you watch a movie and there's someone really good looking in it and you think, whoa, they're really good looking. And then you forget about them after the movie. There's, there's just so many that I nearly... I'm going to give advice on the other side. Like I I sit in my office and I have people come in and they've read a book on something and they think that's the only solution to their health problem or the way that they should eat. And everything, a lot of what we read is opinion and there is a huge amount of science behind it. So if you've challenges with your health, rather than try to get to know absolutely everything from reading from one person about your health, go to an expert. And I would say the better books to read are learning about yourself, mental grit, grit, harnessing Mm -hmm. your mind, learning about, you know, your ancestry, the type of foods that are good for you, like really interesting type stuff so that you're growing as a person. And I find that, like, I have a load of book on mental growth and sports psychology. I think they're brilliant. Uh, Endure is a good one. Uh, This one here. Um, Endure, mind, body, and the curiously elastic limits of human performance. And there's things like the art of mental training, Relentless. There is some books that cross over into mental strength between the business world and sort of the training world. And and I think there you're growing yourself and you're going in a positive direction rather than trying to find all the things that are wrong with yourself. The coaches help with that and the health experts help with that. And when you're seeking a coach or a health expert, go to someone who's really well-rounded and everything that they've read that they don't have one plan, one prescription, you know, one thing, because you're a really complex person. So, you know, sometimes we can let other people do all of the research and education and reading and do the lighter stuff for ourselves. Does does that help? Because I have yeah. so many books, like yeah. science. So I, I lost.
2: I have to admit that I lost the book pool on this one because I thought you were going to come out with South Beach Diet as your favorite book.
3: Uh, right. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Well,
3: one good book on nutrition is <laughs> The Omnivore Dilemma.
0: Yeah, I've read
2: that. Oh, yeah, Michael Pollan. Yeah,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. That's a good one. He's really good. um,
0: Yeah.
3: In defense of food, and there's another guy. It's a huge book. It's called the Oh, the Whole Foods Whole Food Diet. Oh. Whole Foods George. Oh, he's got a Greek name. It's, he has an online website. website. I'll, I'll link it. And he goes into food. He'll just talk about turmeric and all the amazing things it does. And then he'll give you recipes and rosemary and the importance of calcium or magnesium in a really kind of balanced way. That's interesting. A lot of the diet books are someone's opinion on what you should do, selling it to me, loads and loads of money. And it's the only one way solution that you should do. And if you're going to read one, read 10 so that you're getting a lot of um different different insights into stuff
0: yeah i think it's important as coaches that um that we get kind of a good background of these sort of things so that um we can kind of point writers um and kind of you know uh Get them out of the mud because I feel like there's so many things that people are hearing, they're reading. There's so much clickbait. There's people are like trying to like, does this will this work? Will that work? And I think we that's our jobs as coaches to make sure that we can pick out maybe this part of this can work. If you want to try something like this, versus trying to like let me do everything and still try to get fast. You know, <laughs> that's usually well. A, and in and the other
2: of... the other part of that too, Jason, is that there's a lot of people who a lot of these books are written for people who want to be elite athletes. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, or that's not a, a
0: <laughs> key, or completely opposite, well, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: but but a lot of the a lot of the um, sport science books that we read that are that are diet focused are actually written for that elite athlete type right.
0: um,
2: type person, and and you know those are great. However, none of us are getting paid to win races for the most mm-hmm. part, mm-hmm. or a, a very small percentage. So if you're not at that very pointy edge of the spear, yes, read some of these books so you can understand the, the mechanics, the science behind how your body works with this. You don't necessarily have to go on that same kind of that same kind of level because we're supposed to enjoy our lives, we're supposed to enjoy our, our our sport. And honestly, if we all tried to eat like Chris Froome, yeah, getting into the tour, then you're going to be miserable, unhappy, man, and man. there's no five hundred thousand euro payout for you for winning your local crit.
1: Oh, so I make a comment now that you mentioned Team Fruman, and I'm going to mention Team Sky. (laughs) I, uh, I have no, seriously, I, I have been uh, listening to a, a podcast. Um, it's, it goes into the science of nutrition and it actually, they used Team Sky as an example. And the example was to say, even within that team, it is so individualized because at the end of the day, what you do for one person doesn't work for somebody else. Right. And so there are two things. two things that stuck to my mind in in with that. One was, if people out there, you know, amateur cyclists want to copy or follow Team Sky, yeah. uh, you know, f- a f- way of fueling for right. races, et cetera, they're going to be doing. It's the wrong thing to do because it right. doesn't. It won't apply to them. Like the physiology of those athletes. Is so unique that chances are you don't have the same one, and you can't just go out there and copy what they're doing. Doesn't mean it's going to work for you. That's point number one. Point number two, even within that team, you know, you can have those writers who can who are anomalies that can go, you know, hours and hours and hours on little fuel. You have the other one who can do some other things. So yeah, it really got to keep perspective with uh, with what the pros are doing and what these books are written for or by. Yeah,
3: completely. Yeah. And context because you may. Find you know, life stress and your health is going to be very different so that, you know, some of these elite athletes may just have, you know, phenomenal immune systems where they can be on that fine line and they ha- don't have a job to go to. And yeah. I find that there's different boxes. You have the sports scientists and you have the medical scientists and then you've the health scientists and very few can jump one box to the other. So while one person may be saying, you know, do this extremely low carb diet, it's going to work. They don't understand. the adrenal system or the female hormonal system or they're not able to apply science into a real world practical i've seen life i've had clinical experience working with people for 20 or 30 years they understand their niche um so it's i suppose it's really hard you're looking to gain wisdom from as many people as possible i suppose and have good debates where you're not held on to i'm right Sort of be really open-minded, and you you can learn so much.
2: Except for beets, never eat beets. Those are
3: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, Ian, you are up.
0: You are up next. Uh, what, what's uh, what's your book?
2: So uh, my favorite book is How to Win the Tour. Oh, by, no. <laughs> that's a little a little inside joke with Jason here. Yeah, uh,
0: I was like, <laughs> so, wait, wait, I don't have that slide ready okay <laughs> right. no so
2: i uh that's uh that one i out for litigation purposes i, I won't go we'll any further that one that out. One. we should leave that one out uh, the uh no my favorite book actually it's not a technically a training book is once a runner by john l parker um it's a fiction book and uh john l parker was a a runner and and lawyer you know kind of, not like john grisham but i mean he was he, he became a writer and um He's writing a story about a a, coll- a collegiate miler and now this is in the you know late 60s early 70s time frame and there's dealing with all the other stuff but more importantly is it it for me as an, as an athlete I look at that and it kind of tells you hey this is what it takes to be an elite level athlete the dedication the the lifestyle because people think oh man being a pro athlete that's got to be awesome you know you get a great lifestyle yeah you have a great lifestyle you go to bed at 8, 830 yeah you know you get up at five, you go for a workout, you take a nap, you go for a workout, you take a nap. You know, it's yeah. pretty exciting. Um, mm-hmm. and you go through when you're really training at that level, you go through bouts of pure isolation, um, where you're, you're by yourself. Maybe, you know, if you have a family, you're with your family, maybe, maybe unless you're at a training camp and, um, yeah. you know, it, it's a, it's a tough life and the, the sacrifice that has to go, but, and the fine tuning that, that goes with it. But then the other part of it is the mental aspect of, of racing at that level you know the the fine thing the fine details that you have to notice if you want to be at that razor's edge between you know the win and also ram and, you know so noticing on your competition hey he he looks different this lap than last lap um yeah. something is just slightly off he's hurting okay i can do this um keeping control of of it so uh, one of the things he has in the race he uh, in the book he talks the the runner is talking about keeping everything in the orb so what he means is keeping focused on what he's supposed to be doing so not letting the crowd distract you not letting you know what other people are doing in the race around you necessarily distract you and so for me it was a even though it's a fiction book there's a lot of things you can take out of it and i really enjoyed uh enjoy it for that and and just you know for all of us who've ridden, who raced a big race or ridden a, a big event where there's just tons of people out there especially the crowd support yeah, how many people, especially doing a marathon, a big city marathon, that gun goes off and you're running a five ten mile. Yeah, even though you've never run a five ten mile. Your, in your whole life.
0: life, yes.
2: Right, <laughs> and so also, you, so that's about keeping the orbit. And he actually in there, he does a race where he lets the crowd and you know the the buildup push him out, and he doesn't have a good race because of it. He yeah. he struggles to get it back in there.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and and so it, it's a lot about that, and and it's really for me that that is one of my two that I'll talk about today that. That really interests me. And that's from the, the level of how you, you know, have to look at the elite athlete type, uh, or even if you just want to be a really, if you want to really put some training time in.
3: Yeah. So Ian, this was written, what, in the, did you say 60s, 70s?
2: No, the it's the story is set in the 60s, set. 70s. Um, so this, I think it's written like early 80s or mid 80s.
3: Do you think that, I, I'm just like only on Instagram in the last year, and I'm watching a lot of the better t- athletes, and their instagram feeds and it's almost like they're just constantly followed by a you know a camera and they're is do you think like if you compare the old school where they're just in their bubble training much more awareness and now there's this whole level of distraction like would you still look back to a hero from that era or i don't know am i verbalizing what my question here right
2: I mean, I guess there's a difference of how how marketing was then and how marketing is now. Yeah, you know, for back then it was whoever won got sponsors. Right. Now it's about who's influencing. So I think it's a little bit different in certain sports. You know, if you're looking at at American football or you know, regular football type things like that that are have a big audience, NBA things like that. If you're winning, you're going to get good sponsorship contracts. But when you're in cycling, not a Tour de France winner, but um, when you're in cycling, when you're in triathlon, when you're in running, the exposure just isn't there. So they, it's all about who can bring people to the product, um, yeah, yeah, not necessarily winners. Because if you look at some of the people who, are, who get the most, the most press, they, they don't win. Yeah. So why – I mean, but yet they have a huge number of followers and, a, and, a, big, and, a, and you know, a big influence. So I mean look at most people who are influencers. They don't do jack crap in this world. But yet, people buy stuff because they put it on their Instagram. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But we can't learn from them. We're not learning from that mental grit side, the really yeah. hardworking oh, ones God, silently no. in the background. No. But the wrong well, people, in ways, it's the wrong influence.
2: Well, they're, they're catering to our lowest common denominator, as far, in my right. opinion, as far as athletes go. They're, they're, it is clickbait, like Jason had said earlier. But if you, so I, I think a guy like Lionel Sanders, for example, he hasn't won Kona, he's won other things. He's got a lot of followers, but you can learn a lot from him, good and bad. You can learn right. about stupid training practices. And if you look, watch his last YouTube video, he basically just chides himself for all the stupidity he did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you can learn from a guy like that who's humble about it. He, he understands the mistakes he makes. He's trying to learn from those mistakes. And he he constantly recognizes his own flaws. It doesn't always fix them. You know, But uh, but there is that. But then, yeah, there's other people you see in there that are the, the Instagram heroes um, yeah. who they haven't won crap. They're not even... I mean, they might be a pro, but they're a third tier pro. Well, if if I can beat you in a race, guess what? You ain't a pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, sorry, you're just not. Yeah.
0: Um, I, th- I think I think it's an image that people you know portray, whether they be amateur, pro, you know, semi-pro or pro. Um, and a lot of time, the, the image that's put out uh, is something that's manufactured by their team, um, team of people that are just made to market them as that. You know, and I think uh, it's important for us to make sure that we understand that that's what we're seeing. We're watching the show. Mm. We're watching that, and uh, yeah. and and when you go for, um, go ahead, Ian. You're saying, no. See, his, uh, there there are a couple. There's a,
2: a triathlon influencer out on the scene now. Who's he seems like a nice enough guy, but you have to be very careful because a lot of stuff he yeah. pushes it's because he's getting paid to do it, right? Um, and all his evidence is anecdotal. There's no scientific evidence behind it yeah. whatsoever, and it's. It's funny if you look at it from that way because it's almost like sketch comedy. But um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, so you have to watch out for that. Like if Frodo, if Jan Frodeno is saying this is what I'm doing and it's working for me, okay, there's probably something to that.
0: Yeah, but should, it, should you do it for yourself? Should you buy that product? Should you no, try not it? Not necessarily. Right, should you try it? Not necessarily yeah, maybe, maybe you want to try it. Maybe you want to see if that works for you. Maybe it works for your training and maybe it works for our athletes, but it's something that, you know, we need to understand. And I think media is like that as a whole, right? As the things mm-hmm. that we see now on television and things like that, these are kind of like, you know, put on displays and backgrounds of, of, it's not just this true thing that we used to, you know, that, that we normally see, but that's, that's a bigger conversation in society, right?
3: When, yeah. when, when we, Thanks, were in K- <laughs> we were in Kona two years ago and, I don't know. Garen was starting messing around with people's heads and he told them for Arrow, he only shaved the front and not the back of his legs. (laughs) And a couple of people. See? (laughs) No. Really? (laughs)
1: Yeah. See?
3: It's bad, man. It's bad.
1: It's bad. Well, it's, it's, there's a big difference between the canned commercials of the, you know, the 80s that you only saw on TV and what you see today that yeah. people do and you kind of believe that, oh, wow, it comes from a recommendation. It's like everybody feels like they have a friend who has tried something and it works for them and is telling you to do the same thing. It's so.
0: yeah. Nuts. All right, all right. So um, looks like I'm up. So let me see. If, let me pull mine up. So um, one of my favorite books that I always go back to, especially for athletes, and I will um, kind of reference, is "Becoming a Supple Leopard" by uh, Dr. Kelly Starrett. Um, really great guy. He is. He, he's the founder of mobilitywa.com, and he essentially shares his approach to mobility and maintenance, and human, and and how we can learn about the human body, and we could teach ourselves to help. Um, you know, make sure that we're moving in the right way and we're activating the right muscles and understanding what's causing uh, a lot of our issues uh, whether it be sports induced or if it can just be just daily just from our daily grind of things Uh, I don't know if you guys have any um, have come across any of his work but I just think more so just the understanding that you know we can we can also be the doctor we could also be part of the solution I think that's important and understanding how the body actually moves and how a strong you know, frame and a posture um, that you should have is—it's important for us to understand where that starting point is to be able to get to where we need to go. So yeah, that's kind of my go-to's. Does it uh, have actually? So does it have exercises in it? It does, and that's what's great. It's a huge book. It's like an inch and some change, and it—it's a—it MSRP is for around sixty bucks, but there's photos of every single movement, stretch, and reason behind it, science angles. It's got it all. So definitely a book worth um, taking a look at. Um, obviously, the website has um, you know a lot of good uh, examples as well, but this definitely breaks it down.
1: Not one that you want an audio book then. <laughs> no,
0: not an audio book. Because has... I've been listening
1: to a lot of books in audio these days.
0: No, I know what you mean. This is
1: like a Yeah, I listened reference. to one
2: recommended by Taya's husband, and it's pretty horrible.
1: <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one is that? SEO.
0: SEO book.
1: Oh, that's right. Mastering the art of SEO.
0: Oh, yeah. Is it? It's all in. Yeah. HT, is it all in HTML? <laughs> I, I did.
1: I did that one also in audio. Gosh, oh my yeah. gosh!
0: All right. All right. Well, I. Um, I could. My second book. Um, let me uh, throw it out. It's also Mitch, one of Mitch's favorite books. It's um, the Feed Zone Cookbook by Alan Lim and B. G. Thomas. Um, Alan Lim and B.G. Thomas were um, our two creators, the Scratch Labs as well. And the, this is a book from them. And essentially, it's a super simple, no fuss, um, eating guide to understanding how to fuel yourself on and off the bike. But more importantly, and Mitch, um, Coach Mitch um, mentioned it kind of at the, on, the last, um, on the last podcast, is that at the beginning part, it breaks down kind of real foods and how they fall into like macro categories and how they could be used for fueling on the bike. It's important to see that relationship because everybody thinks like we eat food kind of when we're off the bike, like this real food category, and then we eat this like manufactured food on on the bicycle, like gels and like this like liquid fluidy stuff uh, um, on the bike or on the on during our sports. So it's kind of blending those and kind of understanding when you could use those. And us as coaches, we talk about that a lot, kind of a blend between those because really you just don't want to be pouring chemicals. Um, uh, in your body the whole way. So essentially it tries to strike a balance between the science and the practice so that athletes can understand and maybe change the ways they think about food and replacing some of these high processed foods with some substitutes, uh, um, essentially nourishing foods, um, vitamins and minerals as uh, Andrea would always remind us and uh, satisfy all of our cravings uh, and uh, you know otherwise. So it's a great book.
3: Actually on that topic, one of my colleagues, um, he works with clim- climbers. He put up a really good um, discussion comparing two different fitness um, calorie tracking apps and what they told you about the breakdown of your food with quite a significant variance. Um, And that's something like we never talk about being really, really strict with numbers here, (laughs) Um, calories and grams, because there's such an error either side in energy, but like you could do a hard session or an easy session and it's still in and in, in the whole of your day. And is your Garmin tracking that calorie expenditure correctly? And then is this apple the same as that apple? It was, right. one might've been forced around yeah. the other. So even, you know, that variance, then the tracking variance, then your ability to recall variance, you know, so many things, but it was interesting just, you know, seeing we're talking there about, Making natural food choices, I think that's
2: why I stick with McDonald's because I get their calories. on Exactly, the menu. calories. Exactly, you know, ex-
0: you know exactly. What's and it's going the same in. every time. And it's the <laughs> same every time. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, and with that, it's 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 just such a hodgepodge of like, are you actually getting what you're getting? And it's it's tough, definitely tough. And you're and you're trying because a calorie, an actual cal, uh, an actual scientific calorie under it's it's you know it's this weird contraption of what an actual you know burning of this running yeah heat. exactly it's crazy so it's it's just you've got to eat to some other measure so I think that's what we're trying to learn and trying to convey to our athletes as well. So excellent feed zone cookbook by uh, BG Thomas and um, with Alan Lim. All right um, Ta, you've got one more?
1: So I got uh, the growth mindset which is not a uh, sports book per se. Mm-hmm. it's a book of course about mindset. Uh, but it's it's so basically the author uh, talks about how in almost every area of human endeavor, how can, you can dramatically how all areas of your life pretty much can be dramatically influenced by how you think about your talents and abilities. Yep. So you have that preconceived idea of what you're good at or what you can do or you, what you cannot do, which is called the fixed mindset. And so the author goes into the growth mindset, which is, you know, you can learn things and you can always learn things and you can always improve things. And um, if you believe that your abilities can be developed, then you have a completely new view of yourself and the world. And what I like, the part I like the most about the book is when it talks about failure, right? And how if you get kids to play with puzzles, you know, they, they go into the hard puzzles. They don't have that preconceived idea of, oh, I'm not a good at pos- puzzles, so I'm not going to try it. Yes. Um, uh. And what happens over time as you grow, you tend to choose things that you know you're going to be successful at. And so that's your bias right there. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you know, if you take the growth mindset, you just, you just know that failure is not failure. Failure is part of growing, it's part of developing, it's part of overcoming a challenge. So uh, I like that book for how it can be applied in sports as well. Yeah. Yeah. Many a
0: times my six-year-old wants to build eight-plus Lego sets, tearing his hair out for hours. I don't understand why he wants to continue, but he wants to just keep going. It's nuts. Yes, we could do 500 pieces in a day. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but he thinks he can and at some point we end up you know it works out but yeah i think it's something that we need to kind of go back and learn that there there is things that we can learn that we can change you, you're not just just this is just the way i am you know you can learn things that kind of that you can grow into maybe you'll not be you won't be the best at it i think that's the key thing to understand but you can learn how to do it and learn a new thing and i think that's what makes us grow kind of kind of as a whole
3: mm.
0: All right, we'll make it back around. Andre, you've got another book off your shelf.
3: Oh, actually, you were making me think of one. It's somewhere. The Dog Ate It. Uh, the Dog Ate it. Five, it. five levels of attachment. Like, Key and oh. I agree on a lot of personal growth ones. I like the Dalai Lama. I like a lot of the Native American teachings. The Five Levels of Attachment uses a lot of sports analogies in there about how much we wrap our ego and our identity up into various things. And it's it's good. Like, I think the more we can learn about obstacles, failures, the type of people that we are, not be afraid. Uh the stronger a person we can be and the more we can achieve in sport. But I think a lot of it is trying to have that balance too.
0: Oh yeah. Put that up.
3: But I think we're all we're all drawn to different areas of personal growth and personal development. And I, I think it's it's following that. Becoming rounded people.
0: Yeah. I think that's a that's an important thing and that's an important thing that we need to uh that we need to teach people because a lot of times people will kind of uh, Uh, put themselves kind of in a hole or in just in one place. And that's the kind of person that they are um, and that they're, that they're fixed in their convictions, but really just giving them another idea may completely change them and put them on another path. All right, let's see. So uh, Cochino, you got one more, but you can't do that second one. So actually I have,
2: no, I I have two more actually, but one of them, so one of them is also by John L. Parker. It's called again, to Carthage. And so it follow on, follows on from Once a Runner. And it's really about that same character who's older now and is having to kind of deal with the fact that he's no longer the elite athlete, but mm-hmm. he wants to give it one more go. So he's trying to—he actually is trying to make the Olympic marathon team for the 1980 nice. uh, marathon. Um, and so he, he gives, it, gives it one more go. But it's really about his journey, about really understanding where he is in his life and where he is, about how to accept as he gets older his change of, mm-hmm. of, of athlete. And where it is, where things fit in with his life, and what's important in his life. So, for me, it's that was another good one for for people who are no longer in their twenties, um, who are beyond elite athlete level uh, years, maybe in their forties. Or um, it's a good way to look at it and go, help you go. Sports are important, but other things in my life are important too. And and yeah. I have to figure out how to do that balance and deal with that. Yeah. So it doesn't. It's not the end all be all to to make my make Kona or to make you know get in the national crit championship or whatever it's that's part of your life it is not your life yeah and so it's it's a good one and the the last book that I'll bring up real quick and it kind of follows on that is Simon Sinek's um, it starts with why and for me that's a great book because it's all about finding your reason for doing things Mm. Um, too often people focus on what they're doing or how they're doing it but not why they're doing it and that goes back to you know what what Andrew's book was about there. It's, it's about trying to do I race because I am happy racing or is it, am I racing because I have a, I have something else I'm trying to fill a hole in or, uh, you know, yeah. is, it, is it the thing that makes me happy? Is it, the, is it the camaraderie that makes me happy? It's it, finding my basic purpose for what I'm, for what I'm doing, why I'm doing what I'm doing is, is for me. So, I mean, for me, that's a, a work thing and a, and a, uh, a athlete, athletic endeavors always centering back behind that, because especially as you go into an Iron Ironman training, I mean, you're going to have days or weeks where you're like, what the hell am I doing? In fact, yeah. during the race, you're going to have times going, why sure. am I doing this? I'm never doing this crap again. And, and you kind of have to understand that why, I, why you're out there. So, right. Yeah. So again, not a sports book per se, but applicable. And I think from the mental side, it's very important for us.
0: Man, I feel like Ian reads a lot of novels. A lot of <laughs> very nice very I'm, nice i'm reading
2: some really good novels now about the horn of africa if you want to yeah
0: yeah send those over after you're done right super <laughs> exciting yeah um all right let's see what else we got um Tay, you got one more there oh you got it. yeah
1: so the uh, racing weight is like one that, that one. i read a little while ago but in, and when i read this book it was early in my training and i didn't know much about training and nutrition uh, i still don't know much about training and nutrition <laughs> but i know more than i did back then <laughs> so i i want to go back and reread this one but what yeah. stuck to me was that more important than a number on the scale is how you're performing yes. and how you're recovering mm-hmm. so is your nutrition supporting you right is it so it's you, you don't need to be looking a certain way when you look at yourself in the mirror. You need to be at your best in terms of performance. You feel good, you perform well, and um, that's, that's I guess, the, the main thing about the racing weight. It also gives uh, an overview of why elimination diets isn't a good idea, right? And and right. Uh, how it can have to be very careful with uh, uh, anything that calls for eliminating a macro or, or significantly decreasing some form of nutrition from your diet as an athlete.
0: Yeah, like beer, like, like beer. beer. Or beets, <laughs> or beets. <laughs> or
1: beets, <But> it, <laughs> beets know. haven't even, see it doesn't even make a difference cause Ian never ate them. So yeah. it's, his body uh, doesn't not even
2: true, know what man. it is. I, I have eaten them and they're disgusting.
0: <laughs> I think I think it, 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 this does go speak to a little bit of what we talked about at the beginning, which was we need to understand that a lot of the things that we do see in popular media, aren't typically made for athletes whether they be elite athletes or just athletes that are trying to fuel their bodies for their workouts a lot of time a lot of times are just made for just people who just go to work or just have a day job or are um you know those sort of things they're not doing some of this this endeavor of endurance to try to fuel so i think it's important that we understand that and um, you know we take that into strive when we try to apply it to our endurance endeavors
3: and yeah. the same- Sorry. Go ahead, Andrea. I was just going to say having a resource like us to ask questions yeah. like not not every, all of us have limitations and every leader and guru and writer and scientist we're not oh, I'm not going to put myself in that box but n- nobody's <sighs> perfect. Um and if you have someone trusted you can go to and ask questions like yeah. uh, one of Tia's really favorite books and and a, and it is a really good book is Roar by Stacey Sims and she's brilliant. However, she said something recently that myself and another dietitian couldn't logic the practical science. And, the, you know, we, we spent hours rattling our brains because I think it frustrated us. And it just wasn't an accurate statement. Um, but I, could, I suppose the first thing in us was self-doubt. And, and then we all had a discussion about it and we kind of came around. And it just reminded me to always be humble in, in what I preach (laughs) and also I think for athletes to have a resource to go to to ask these questions like go to the coach if you're not you know is this going to help me is it it does it mean something for me and and you know well there's five of us so we'll always you know come up with with some sort of answer in the forum yeah but five opinions (laughs) are good because somewhere in the middle there's what what someone is the nugget um and I think the forum is 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 great for that
0: it is
1: it, yeah, it, it, it's true because, it, you know, that's, again, going back to when I mentioned that I read this book early in my training life, what happens is you have these books and every time you get a fresh book like that, it's a big promise. At least that's how I feel, right? Yeah. You get a, a book and you're like, oh, I'm going to read this and it's going to solve my problem or <laughs> it's going to really yeah. take me over this hurdle right here that's stopping me, right? And so you read the book with with that thirst and you say to yourself this is going to be it and it doesn't it doesn't because it, it's it's not meant to uh so this is where you go back to knowing yourself you go back to some of the yeah. books that we talked about you know the growth mindset and it's really working with your own self and then discovering and getting the help and then you can go to the coach and say okay can you just cut through the nonsense for me and, and tell me you know where do I take this? Am I all the way out in the stratosphere because I'm reading these books and how do I take this to my day-to-day life? Yeah.
3: And they know you. So they know, they know the, uh, the, the athlete who's going to do it 150% and, and maybe that's going to take them into, you know, mental health problems and balance problems. So your coach knows how strict to be with you or how hard to be on you depending on your your personality. You know, bring the best out of you. It's a journey.
0: Absolutely. And we're there. Take you through that journey, right? All right. It um, <laughs> looks like we made it through um, a good amount of our um, list here. Was there anything that anyone wanted to bring up, kind of last moment here? It looks like we've got through our complete list. Real
2: quick, I wanted to give uh, Robin, one of our Endurance Lab athletes, a shout out. She did her first uh, or in, indoor try this weekend and awesome. first of the season in prep, and she won overall. Wow. Spoke
3: it. Spoke That's
0: it. Great. That's great.
2: And did yeah. she
3: enjoy it? good feedback
2: she did she uh, yeah yeah she almost puked i think but that's great
3: that's a good race
0: yeah all right excellent good so all right so i want to thank everybody for joining us today here in the coach's corner but if it's your first time listening and would like to hear more content from the endurance lab head over to your favorite podcast app and search endurance lab or head to youtube and search the same and don't forget to click click subscribe. For more information on when our next lab is, head over to EnduranceLab.fit where you can check out um, the forum and we will have all the links in the show notes for all the information that we talked about today as well as some links to the books that we talked about today. And if you have your favorite book, we'd love to hear what that is and see if it's on our list to read and we could take a look at as well. And don't forget to check out EnduranceLab.fit where you can learn and join us to train smart and get results. We'll see everybody next week.